0: multiverse of discovery and danger. Comrades from far and wide will unite for a new call to adventure. One Shots d d character podcast created by William Nunn. Hey everybody, this is William, host of OneShot's D&D Character Podcast, and welcome to the latest episode where I get to have a new guest, and Odysseus, the tragic dragonborn bard, uh, gets to interact with somebody new who I am am very interested in meeting today. May you please introduce yourself, my newest guest.
1: Hello, my name is Bridget McGuire. I'm a voice actor, and I've been playing D&D... Oh gosh! Since I met my husband, which nice. would probably be going on ten or twelve years now.
0: Woohoo! Congratulations! Thank you. And have y'all been playing? And y'all have been playing DVDs since y'all have been uh, y'all been together?
1: Yeah, he he got me into it not long after we started dating, which which would have been a little over, I think, twelve years ago. Um, and he uh, we played together first, but then he's also DM'd a bunch of games and he's, he's DMing our, our, oh wait, no, he's not. We just finished a game. He's D he DMed. And now one of our other friends is DMing for us.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Um, as of two years ago, um, on the day that we are recording as of right now, which by then it would have been November 9th. Um, oh, two years ago, uh, I remember just thinking to myself, I don't know what went for my brain, but I just thought to myself, I have a weird, immense desire to just play D D right now because <laughs> i tried getting into it when i was younger um uh, younger by 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 younger i mean college because i a, a friend at the, at the time uh wanted me to try out with pathfinder and then i did a D session with a couple of friends but it was really late at night so i was sleepy <laughs> throughout most of it so i never thought i had the right stepping stones for getting into Dungeons and Dragons. And then all of that changed uh two years ago when I finally decided, you know what, I'm gonna give it a whirl, I'm gonna give it a shot. And it it's been fun ever since for the last two years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh when I first started, I thought, gosh, this is so complicated. I think I started with fourth edition. Um mm. and I I think I played I think I played a wizard to start out and, and the rules were different than they are for fifth and i thought am i ever going to figure this out and luckily with good friends around the table and very patient people um we figured it out no problem and i found that my the, the actor in me loved it i loved getting to to play those things and you know our groups weren't typically very role play heavy we were more focused on the battles and stuff but you could still get a little bit of that character interaction through things and then, of course, when I found Critical Role this year, I was just in heaven. I went, this is what I want my D&D to be.
0: Yes, yes. I'm only two episodes in. Um, and I started watching that back when quarantine started. And mm-hmm. I, I I, completely forgot to continue going forth with it at one point. So I hope I can change that. But I am currently addicted to not another D&D podcast that is a really okay. really great show um I, if for those that want to know um where i even had a, a possible idea for a dnd podcast of some sort it wouldn't surprise me if that entered my subconscious somewhere to make me go about with this decision other than i wanted an excuse to be odysseus claw so much more <laughs> because odysseus is so fun to play he's he's easily my favorite character i've ever played in anything voice acting acting in theater acting in film i i just i love love odysseus and i love you too oh thank you thank you odysseus you're giving me a, a really tight hug oh gosh oh gosh
2: oh now weary before i crush your bones c- could could bridget tell us about her character's name oh well, of course odysseus
1: um so my little friend is named trip and Trip is a Kirkba, which is a fey creature. It looks a bit like a squirrel. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, the whole reason that I created this character is because I found a mini of this little squirrel character wearing a green cloak and holding a spoon. And I thought, I got to do something with that. I painted the mini and I created the character. And he had such incredible adventures while we were playing that campaign and he did such crazy things because when you're chaotic neutral it really gives you license to do whatever i know right Um, it was just it was incredible and as we get to know him as as you'll get to talk to him a little later he's he's the emperor of frost now so you know he he only shows up like when he's really needed because otherwise he's off doing his emperor thingy which Mm -hmm. typically usually involves just having snowball fights in the courtyard. So, <laughs> uh. But hey, when you're emperor, they let you do it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um, and for those of you who are new and maybe don't know much about Odysseus, he is the love child of a dragon and a Tyrannosaurus Rex and decided to become a bard rather than become a soldier. He ended up uh, traveling with his Bahamut theater clan to sing the dragon operas to as many people as possible. Unfortunately, the last show they performed in was uh, in front of a group of unicorns, and the unicorns did not like the music at all, so the unicorns murdered his entire clan, though Odysseus did run away and escape and hide out with his mother's side of the family, uh, the dinosaurs, and learn how to become an outlander and would eventually try to seek out the unicorns for revenge.
1: Very cool.
0: Indeed. And speaking of cool, what would be a really cool place for Odysseus and Trip to meet?
1: Well, I think it would be most appropriate if Odysseus could find his way to the Feywild and to the Winter Court uh, for an audience with our emperor.
0: Oh, that would be great. Yes. All right. So Odysseus is uh, walking towards, where, where would you say trip would be right now as they are leading Odysseus into the main quarters, if you will.
1: Well, I imagine that he's been told he's going to be interviewed uh, for um, a magical, let's say, recording, uh, and and they want to interview uh, this emperor in the Feywild. And so he has... You know, had you come to join him at the more private than the throne room, but a, and a meeting room off to the side with, you know, a grandiose table made of what would be wood, but it's actually ice, um, in a appropriately ornate chair, um, which is actually lifted a little bit because Trip is only about three feet tall Mm -hmm. and so he in order to be on eye level with the taller folk he's he gets lifted up which you know you're emperor you get to do that yes yes Um, and
0: odysseus is a a little over six feet tall so this works out all right so i'm already starting to feel cold right now this is this is uh (laughs) making the experience feel just a little bit more immersive for me and you know what air conditioning i'm not going to deal with you i'm going to let odysseus be cold
2: throughout this whole thing Oh do, do, do you guys have a coat or something I could I could wear during this?
1: Uh I'm I'm sorry, sir. Um but come this way through this room. The Emperor is awaiting you.
2: Oh I thought you were the emperor for a second there. I thought wait a uh, minute, why why do you not have a nice haircut or something? You look kind of like shit.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. If you will
0: of course, of course. And Odysseus follows, enters into the room that you spoke of earlier, and there is the ice table and the high chair. And Trip is looking at Odysseus.
3: Ah, well, uh, um, hello, uh, my assistant, you you can go now. Yeah. Uh, would would you mind setting up dinner? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Aha. Uh-huh. ah. You must be. The Odysseus claw yes yes they have told me of your coming uh you wanted to interview me about my exploits and how I well came it, here it, it, I suppose
2: it, in, in a matter of speaking yes but I also wanted to know if uh well I I, I I also kind of just needed the money so that way I could keep moving forward in my travels I'm hunting unicorns so I just I figured this would be a nice bonus there, but yeah, yeah, I can, I can interview you about, uh, your history and how you got here and all that good stuff.
3: Well, it is quite the tale. Uh, have a seat, my tall friend. Um, so as you have been introduced to me, I am the Emperor of Winter, uh, here in the Feywild. We also have the Summer Queen. She's over on the other side. Uh, might have been more comfortable for you to visit her, but, you know, you're interviewing me, so that's where we are. Um, and it's been a while since I've told the story of how I came to be here. Uh, started out several years ago. I'm a bit of a prankster. I like playing pranks on people, and the Prince of Frost, my predecessor, had uh-huh. this he was just the most unhumorless, the, the humorless jerk ever. So I found his statue, which made him look even worse. And I decided I'm going to, like, draw glasses and a mustache on his statue. You know, like you do. And uh, ha, I got caught. Yeah. And uh, old Princey Pooh kicked me through a portal into the abyss. Not a fun place, I will tell you that. Not fun.
2: I've I've never heard anything nice about the Abyss, so that that sounds like it would be quite painful to deal with, but seriously, just for doing a silly prank like that, just straight into the Abyss. <gasps> just
3: It was not the first prank. Uh, it's just the one I got caught doing. Uh but, I mean, as sucky as the Abyss was, I found this guy named the Keeper, and I just started asking him questions, and he found this other group of people who was wandering through and they were called, uh, the Challengers of the Unspeakable, which I thought was a weird name because they spoke a lot.
2: They talked <laughs> a lot.
3: And, uh, in order to get me off his tail, the keeper's like, here, take trip with you. Go have fun. And, uh, yeah, we traveled around for a while and did all sorts of fun stuff. And, uh, long story short, uh, I picked up this thing. And he shows you a crystalline acorn. They call this the Seed of Winter. Used to belong to the Prince. I picked it up. And, uh, it granted me lots of extra powers beyond what I already had. And, uh, you know, eventually we found our way back to the Feywild. And, uh, challenged the Prince. Uh, used a little disguise magic to make him, to make me look like his daughter. And, uh... I tried, I tried to give him a dignified end, but he was just a jerk. A complete jerk. So, I stabbed him through the chest with a shard of ice. And, uh, yeah, now I'm the emperor. It's good times.
2: Did, did you stab him while looking like his daughter?
3: I did, I did.
2: Oh, that's, that's pretty dark, actually.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: the... I'm sorry. There, There's a couple of things about that story that just seem a little strange to me. You you, you, you mentioned those creatures that were telling you about um, how they, they, they did the whole unspoken thing, but they were always speaking and all that. That just seems really bizarre. Like, did you really get your powers from their hope?
3: Well, I already had sub powers. Like, I could open up portals, and I could uh, disguise myself to look like other things. Uh but it was these group of people. They call themselves adventurers. Uh, a bunch of random people. Wow. It was a weird group. One of them was a thing called a Creed. Kind of a bug person. Uh. I got along real, real well with that one. Because uh, we were both kind of odd looking. And, uh, uh, that's,
2: that's pretty accurate.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get my powers from them. But in traveling around with them, we... Ended up doing all sorts of different stuff, which helped me grow my powers. Super cool.
2: That yeah, Grew your powers, but didn't grow you.
3: Well, you know, when you're a Kirkba, is only so tall you can get. You know, and it's not really about the height. It's not about the height. It's about what you do with it.
2: That's fair, that's fair. Um, so, I guess my next question would be, um... Um... Uh, your kingdom? How, how has it changed and evolved since you b- became emperor?
3: Well, it's a lot more fun now, I'll tell you that. Ah, uh, this prince guy. Man, he was a doubter. I mean, he called his castle, this castle we're in now, the Fortress of Frozen Tears. That's just depressing.
2: That is. It sounds like right. something that Lucifer would have.
3: Yeah, so... You know, we spruced it up a bit. That's why it looked all sparkly on the outside. I made it all sparkly, and, you know, it just looks happier. And, uh, they they didn't really even have any festivals. And I'm like, I know it's winter all the time, you know, but we could have festivals. We could have fun stuff. So, like, once a week, we have a big snowball fight. You know, whole town.
2: Whole town. Oh, I love snowball fights! Yeah,
3: yeah, super fun. Unfortunately, you just missed this one. It It was just the other day. Uh, and... Every year on the anniversary of my ascension, we have a big party. We have lots of food. And uh, I invite my friends from the Primaterial, you know, the challengers of the unspeakable. Well, whichever ones are still alive. Because, you know, adventurers. Am I right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we get together. We have a big celebration. There's music. There's, there's plays that happen. There's all sorts of fun stuff.
2: What? I'm sorry. Did you say plays?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: What kind of plays?
3: Well, there's, like, dramatic retellings of How I Killed the Prince of Frost. Oh. Uh, we, uh We play some older stuff, some, some, you know, historical dramas. I try to throw in some comedy, though, because, like, you do too much drama and everyone ends up crying. It's like, oh, God. And, uh, you know, so we do a lot of comedies. We do some slapstick. It's great.
2: Oh, wow. I mean... If you're having a, having one happening very soon i'd be I'd be more than happy to audition.
3: Well, uh, we'll we'll have to keep in touch because I think if I remember right, yeah, it's next month.
2: Yeah oh so- oh oh well let let me um let me um give give me a a, a character, just any character and I'll give it my best.
3: Oh gosh, uh, okay. so you're a thry you're a monk.
2: And go. Tommy, Okay. I see where you're going
3: with this. Uh, more, more punching though.
2: I just, I'm just using part of the table that was able to be easily grabbed, right? Which is right. technically my Dune book. Um, oh, that kind of hurt my head a little bit. So, um, what'd you think?
3: It's a little heady, you know. Uh, she was really more uh, punching, was about punching and kicking things than about chanting. But
2: uh, oh well, I-, I like I wish you'd have you told going. me that. I would have changed. I would have changed how I approached it. But give me some more details.
3: Ah. Uh, well, you know, Thrie bug, monk, liked punching things uh really fast. Da, 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 da,
2: da. Oh, okay. So, uh Now, Kakarot, you will not defeat me, Prince of all Saiyans! Oh. La,
3: God! Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, we'll, oh. we'll uh, we'll contact you. Yeah.
2: Oh, and one more. I have to do this one. Crawl.
3: That uh, that rattled the walls there. That was interesting.
2: Oh, it rattled my walls, I'll tell you that much.
3: Yeah. So I got a question for you.
2: Oh, please.
3: What's, like, the craziest prank you've ever done?
2: Uh. Excuse me. Um, there was a brontosaurus a big long-necked dinosaur over a dinosaur city which I won't I won't name for the purposes of this recording I don't want any hunters to go and hunt down the city. Huh. Mm. So, we ended up uh myself and a and a friend of mine we ended up getting this this rug. This really nice soft but tough rug. And we uh, waited at the right moment. To be able to spring up to the back of the brontosaurus as it was eating grass. And we used it to slide down the brontosaurus's neck, and then waited for the brontosaurus to lift its head, and then we would fly out as if we were doing that scene from Aladdin just seeing a whole new world. And just singing and singing and singing, freaking out all the dinosaurs thinking that some big bat was flying around, yelling and singing at people, but it was really just me and my friend Corticus.
3: Oh, that's good. That's pretty good.
2: Yes, y- it, you wanna, the prank you hear only about lasted. Mind? Well, hold on. The prank only yes. lasted about maybe 20 seconds, but it was worth it for that 20 seconds.
3: Oh, yeah, you do a lot in 20 seconds.
2: Oh, yeah, dinosaur shit himself. Oh, that's good hmm That's really well, It didn't good. smell good.
3: So, so my best prank. This is pretty good. So we're in this, this dungeon, right? And, uh, there's a sarcophagus on the ground. And we open it up. And out pops this guy. And it turned out it was the, a friend of the, the group that they used to know. He wasn't with them anymore. And, uh, they're like, dude, what are you doing here? And they started asking him questions. He didn't remember how he got there. Last they saw him, he got kicked through a portal. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, so we're asking him questions and he's answering right. But man, something seemed off to me. Something seemed really off. And this guy wanted to come back with us to the primaterial. And we're like, well, you're answering everything right, but I'm getting a funny feeling. So I told him, I said, we can bring you back with us through the portal, but uh, you're going to need a little help getting through because you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had this potion. I said, this is a special potion. It's going to get you through that portal. It's called portal lube. Portal lube? Portal lube, right. And uh, I'm very convincing. So I convinced him to drink it. So he drinks the portal lube. <laughs>
2: Wait, but you you don't drink lube. You you place it.
3: Yeah, but he wasn't thinking that, right? Right?
2: Oh, gosh, what a dumbass.
3: So, he drinks the portal lube, and it was actually a sleeping potion that i have been carrying around for a while, and he falls dead asleep, just out like a light. Mm Mm-hmm. Turns out he was an abomination that was pretending to be our friend.
2: Oh. Yeah.
3: Guy falls asleep, loses that concentration, loses the control of it. Boom. Abomination. So we kicked the crap out of him, killed him, and no enemy.
2: So not only did you prank him, you actually prevented him from, quote-unquote, pranking you. That's right. Huh. Genius. Right. Oh, oh, that that could make for a great comedy.
3: It was fantastic. The whole group was Indeed. like, wow, Trip, you are like the best of us. And I'm like, I know,
2: I know. Well, I had one last question for you. Sure. All right, so. What? If you were ever, let's say, you weren't kicked into the abyss. Uh-huh. How different would your life have been? Oh gosh,
3: it could have been really different because getting kicked into the abyss led me to becoming the Emperor of Frost. But like, say I'd been kicked to the Prime Material and like met up with a different group of people. Uh, I might not have been given those opportunities. I mean, maybe I'd be Emperor somewhere else. Because, like, what I've noticed about a lot of rulers is they are so boring or so dumb. Mm-hmm. And, like, my thinking is if you're gonna be a good, effective ruler, you gotta have a sense of humor.
2: Yes! But you
3: gotta. And so I probably would have taken it over somewhere else, but it wouldn't have been quite as sweet. Because coming from the Feywild Wild and the, the Winter Court, you know, I'd be able to go back home. And make your home a better place. Like, that's, that's like the best.
2: Indeed. There are times where I do miss my home. I mean, I don't miss my father. My mother has been dead for a while, but... I mean, obviously I miss her, and I stayed with her side of the family after what happened with my theater clan with the unicorns, but... It's... One day I hope to go back home and look my father in the eye and just tell him how I really feel.
3: That would be awesome. Because then, like, he'd know how you feel and he'd, he'd probably respect you for it, I think.
2: I doubt it. But I, it's still something that needs to happen anyway.
3: Or he'd bite your head off and then, you know, it's kind of over.
2: He's, he's a big dude, so yeah. I... I it, it could happen, but... Then again, dragons don't, or at least the kind that I know, don't like to eat each other, or at least that's not allowed. But he would, he was definitely not fond of me spouting out dragon operas throughout the realm rather than join his army, so... I get that. There's always been that kind of rift between us there, where I was like, I didn't want to kill! I wanted to sing and dance and do the theater and do all that, but no, I had to be a swordsman and do all this and fight like that and br And then, of course, it just takes the slaughtering of my crew to actually be even closely comfortable to wielding a sword.
3: I mean, yeah. You, you meet up with crews and, and adventurers and they change you.
2: Yeah, that's Cause true. Like- I mean...
3: I probably would have just been defacing statues and pulling little pranks for the rest of my life if I hadn't gotten kicked out.
2: If my theater clan didn't get murdered, we probably would still be doing the exact same thing for very little money, and probably not even be able to get the dragon operas out there that much. You know what really makes me feel really guilty? I feel more willing to share the dragon operas now than I did when I was with the clan.
3: Well, there you go. I mean, now you've got the power and the notoriety, and now you've got this magical recording thing so you can share.
2: All I need is just more falcons to be able to send this recording to so many so that way they could hear the vibrato, they could hear the deep bass high sopranos and everything else that the emotions gather for the greatest dragon operas known in the realm
3: and a little bit of ice magic
2: oh ice magic would be nice
3: yeah you, you create a flurry or something you know
2: if only I could actually do ice magic I can cast fear that's pretty fun
3: well it's a good thing you know someone who can do ice magic
2: That's true. Oh, and if I ever need to celebrate or have any ice shows to go on with my dragon operas, if I ever get the funding, I will be definitely calling you for aid.
3: And I will be happy to have my assistants help you out.
2: Well, I think that's it for the interview. Thank you so much for sitting down and doing this with me. That will be, uh, that will be 20 gold pieces.
3: Uh... Uh we we'll have to um allocate those funds. Uh yeah. How how do you feel about tacos?
2: <gasps> I love
3: tacos. We could pay you in tacos, yeah. <laughs> I rather used to make
2: tacos. They were so good.
3: Oh dear. Oh, now he's crying. Oh boy. Assistant? Can you come back in here? Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really
1: good.
3: Yeah, we're gonna have to make some tacos tonight.
0: <laughs> if I didn't have dinner uh an hour and a half before this, I would I would have gladly made tacos for, for that moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so apparently now in canon, uh Odysseus's mother was a taco chef, so <laughs> that's That's canon. That's canon. And and, and um And I apparently my there are mom,
1: tacos in the Feywild.
0: And my mom is actually not a taco chef. I'm the taco <coughs> chef, so I that's find that kind of hilarious.
1: Acting. That's where that's I know. where this improv and you, comes
0: in. And, and those of you out there might have believed it. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope they did. We that yes. that was that was lovely improv. That was so much fun.
0: That really was fun. Thank you so much, Bridget. I had a blast, and uh, Trip is quite a treat to interact with.
1: He is. He is uh, quite the character, and I love getting to uh, bring him out.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And um, where can the listeners of OneShot's D&D character podcast follow you?
1: Well, I'm on Twitter. Oh, God, Twitter?
0: (laughs) Twitter? That's a new one.
1: It's new. Uh, Twitter, at Bridget Falcon. B-R-I-D-G-E-T-F-A-L-C-O-N uh, I also have a website www.bridgetmaguire.com. And uh, yeah, I am on Facebook as well, although I'm less active there. So uh, yeah, apparently I also have an IMDB, but it only has one credit, so, you know it's it's growing.
0: Would you want me to add your IMDB to the description?
1: Sure because that's just something fun.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. I've got Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at VoiceThatCooks and on Instagram at TheVoiceThatCooks so that you can see not only the latest updates for One Shot's D&D character podcast, which you'll more, more than likely get on Twitter or Twitter, but um, <laughs> you'll also get to see the delicious tacos and other things I get to make, which I, I can't get enough of tacos. And, I need your um,
1: taco recipe. <laughs>
0: Oh, I I will gladly I will gladly give you my taco recipe after we are done here because it would <laughs> it would take up too long. Ah, uh, but for those of you who are like I need to know your food recipes, just DM me, just DM me. I'd be more than happy to let you know how I make my stuff. And a lot of it's easy. If it were really really difficult and challenging, I probably wouldn't want to do it. Except for a brisk that I really really want to make for Thanksgiving. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Hopefully that will go well. But for those of you who are listening today or tonight, whatever time you're listening to this particular episode, please let us know what you thought of the episode and what was your favorite moment with the interaction between Trip and Odysseus. And also, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app where you have listened to this episode to let us know uh, what you think and hopefully maybe give us five stars. Because I work really hard at this, divers! Odysseus, calm down. Calm down. I I know. I know it's it's
3: fine. Yeah, we're gonna need. I'm gonna need my assistant back in here.
1: Yeah.
0: He's
3: he's crying all over everything.
0: His stomach is making me cry. Oh dear. Oh god, wouldn't that be crazy if like every time Odysseus got hungry, he started having a, an emotional meltdown? <laughs> an
1: emotional meltdown.
0: <laughs> oh god, I wish that would have been part of his backstory. Um, <laughs> if if that changes. Cool. I mean, you can of...
1: you can always add things. You can you can be True. like you know he's True. he had he had this thing happen later in life, and now you know whenever this comes up, now this is a reaction.
0: It's like the com- <laughs> it's a complete three hundred and sixty from being bulimic.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah, it's it's a really <laughs> unhealthy relationship with food, only because, and I think it's it's more of a a thing where someone brings up a food item that you either can't have anymore or you haven't had in so long so like you know my friends with celiac disease you know they get really sad when they think about the foods they used to eat but now they can't uh you know that kind of a thing
0: (laughs) that's actually very interesting and i'm leaning a whole lot more towards when odysseus is hungry he'll have an emotional meltdown (laughs) which she kind of does have in a upcoming in an episode that's Uh, more than likely out by now um but (laughs) maybe maybe i already set the little pieces pieces uh subconsciously and i didn't even realize so there you go something to think about but uh thank you once again bridget for being on here thank you listeners for listening and um gosh i need to make sure i have my my outro fully in my brain because this has been a whole a whole saga of getting this in my brain
2: all right here it is if Muhammad doesn't give you song, you just sing anyway. Yeah, that's the outro. <laughs> all
0: right. Good night to everyone, and thank you all.